Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we go once again with another great edition of Inside EMS on the Inside EMS Radio Network. There's no real Inside EMS Radio Network. I just kind of threw that in because I had nothing else to say. Flying solo today as Kelly Grayson is on the EMS World Tour, ensuring that he is training the next EMS professional of tomorrow, doing his best to give them the knowledge and the skills and the ability they need to ensure that they're delivering the highest quality of patient care. You know, one of the things that I work on a lot uh, inside EMS is to help in the transition from EMS to community paramedicine. I've kind of been in that space since 2008, and over the last three years doing a lot of great work to ensure that we can get payers to uh, compensate us for home visits, and I got a lot of stuff that's going to come later on down the road on that uh, project that I'm doing. I do a lot of work inside EMS and outside EMS of leadership development and organizational process improvement. I do individual group and executive coaching, and I've spent a lot of time, probably almost 10 years of my business, trying to hone those skills to help people. And I truly believe in the science of leadership. I truly believe in the ability to ensure that we're giving the very best that we got to our most important component of the success of our organization, and that's our workforce. I got to tell you, I wasn't always like that, and I've made mention on this show that I was a horrible leader in the beginning. I mean, I pointed my fingers, and I yelled, and I swore, and I bullied, and I, I wasn't a good leader at all. And it's not until you learn the science of leadership, and then you're able now to use the art and science of leadership that you really make a difference in the worker's life, right? I mean, really, if you think about it, your workforce is the only resource inside an organization that will increase in value. Everything else depreciate. The ambulances depreciate. Cardiac monitors depreciate. Everything else is going to depreciate. But if you invest in your workforce, they are going to be the most important component to the success of the organization and the only resource that will increase in value. And, you know, I try to go around and talk about all the things that people need to do from a leadership standpoint to make sure that we have a great workforce. The true measurement of leadership success is how engaged, satisfied, and productive the workforce is. But, you know, EMS leaders, they have some challenges in really kind of making that transition. I mean, we were trained by the baby boomers, right? And those baby boomers would, you know, kick us out of the organization if we didn't do things the right way. They expected us to work hard. And then when we worked hard, they expected us to work harder. And, uh, you know, it was really their way or the highway. And now a lot of people who are leaders, you know, we have those characteristics as well. But as the workforce changes, you know, we didn't change our leadership styles with that. But I'm not here to talk about leadership per se. I'm really here to talk about you as a workforce, you as trying to reach the vision of your next level success. So one of the things that I get off uh, often all the time when I go to speak, and this just happened to me the other day, that's why I kind of have the idea for this show, is they say, you know, Chris, you talk about all this leadership science and you talk about emotional intelligence and servant leadership and, you know, but my boss, they don't do these things. They don't act this way. And, you know, they don't take criticism. Like I can't bring up my concerns. So what am I supposed to do? 
And my answer is always the same. You've got to develop and be the professional that you need to be to get yourself to your next level of success. Maybe you're working in an organization as an EMT or paramedic, and you're going to be the chief of that department. You're going to be the director of that department. You're going to be a supervisor, a manager of that department in the next three, five, seven years. Okay, so what do you do to get yourself to that point? So today I want to give you five tips. I have five talking points that I want to go ahead and give you today for you to kind of polish your professionalism, for you to kind of polish your EMS career, for you to help yourself get to the next level of your success. Okay, so number one is going to be to act like a leader. And the things that we're going to talk about are going to go under this, uh, under this heading. You know, one of the things that we think about leadership is I want to give you my definition of leadership. Leadership is all about influence. If you can't influence people, you can't lead people. It's not about your title. It's not about your achievements. It's not about what you did yesterday. You know, Michael Jordan has a great quote that says you have to earn your leadership every day. And leadership is about influence. It's not a noun. It's a verb. It's about action. And it makes no difference who you are in the organization. If you have the ability to influence people, you have the ability to lead people. So you have to be able to put in your mindset that you are going to act like a leader. You're the person who's going to be a role model and you're going to be a mentor and you're going to be a go-to person. We're going to talk about all these things as they come up, but you've got to be able now to set yourself apart to say, I want to be different. It makes no difference what the leaders of the organization are going to do or not do for me. I am going to be the one to set my path. I am going to be the one to grow. I am going to be the one to help my peers. You know, maybe they are helping your peers. Maybe they are helping other people grow. But you have to be able to get the mindset that you are going to practice leadership. You are going to practice the art of leadership. And you have to kind of learn these skills, right? So when you think about leadership from a component of who is a leader, how do you influence people around you? And let's go ahead and talk about some of those things that you need to be able to do to make that happen. First off is put yourself in a position to always be a team player, right? You are going to be the person who's going to be there when people need to know things, when people are going to need to hear from you. So put yourself in that position to be a team player. If there's anything I could do for you, I used to say that all the time. If there's anything I could do for you, just ask. You know, I got to tell you, a lot of people, they don't come back and ask, but you've put it on the table to say, I'll be there if you need me, right? And what does that hurt to do? Because one of the things that you have to think about is how you're going to grow in your career, in your position. You got to start to think about your next position as well. We'll talk about that in a minute, but you've got to be able to think about how you're going to grow. And this is where being a team player is because if you can help people who have different positions than you, then you're going to be able to learn the components of that, of that role, right? You need to also be a thought leader. Sometimes, you know, there are people in the organization that have ideas. And one of the worst things that happen inside organizations is that when ideas come up, everybody will say yes to them. And sometimes you may feel in your heart that this isn't the best thing for the organization, but nobody says anything about it. 
And sometimes you have to feel comfortable with who you are to speak up and say, you know, I really don't agree with that. Can I give you my opinion about it? Now, you have to be able to understand that when you give your opinion, when your opinion has to stop, because there are a lot of times that, you know, they're not going to listen to your opinion, right? But if you want to be able to give it, go ahead and give the pros, give the cons, make your statement known, but don't push it right? You need to be able to know when to back off on that. So being a leader is all about influence. It's all about giving people what they need, being a thought leader by saying no. And then you need to be able to be a team player to help the people who are around you. Another thing is you need to be able to be committed to the success of the organization. So the organization has a vision. What's the vision of the organization? I think the vision statement is the most important component inside an organization because this is supposed to be where we're going. And I love asking leaders when I do talks, how many of you have a vision statement and their hands go up with pride? And it's the next question that really kind of chills them a little bit when I say, who can come up here and recite it for me? We are wired to think in pictures. If I tell you to think about a car, you don't see the letter C-A-R, you actually picture a car. So inside our organizations, we need to be able to have a vision of where we're going, and then we need to know how we're going to get there, but then we need to know our responsibility. So our responsibility to reaching that vision, because our job is just as important. There is no one job in an organization that's more important than the other. I have different responsibilities, and I think you've heard me say that on this show, but you've got to be committed to the success of the organization. Sometimes you've got to be committed to the success of the organization more than the leaders are committed to the success of the organization. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, I want you to start to think about what skills you need to have for your next job. So what is your next job? Maybe you're an EMT. You want to become a paramedic. Maybe you're a paramedic. You want to become an FTO. Maybe you're an FTO, you want to become an operations supervisor. You need to be able to put yourselves in a position that you need to be as successful as you can be. And you do this by amassing skills. You do this by amassing knowledge. You do this by creating ability to do some of those things. So when I talk about you're an EMT and your next job is going to be a paramedic, think about the skills that you need to do that. I'm not talking about intubation skills. I'm not talking about IV skills. I'm talking about communication skills. I'm talking about conflict resolution skills. I'm talking about emotional intelligence. So you always need to start to prepare yourself for the next level of where you want to be in your career. And these are kind of those soft skills we talk about. I mentioned them, right? Emotional intelligence, conflict resolution, servant leadership. But I do want to touch on this. Regardless of where you are in your certification level, you need to be able to know everything that you can know about your job responsibilities. You know, we hear it all the time, ladies and gentlemen, right? You know, what's the one call that gives the par- the paramedic the most trepidation? What's the word? Come on, say it with me, right? Pediatric calls. And I've said as a leader, if I know that my paramedic has trepidation about the 
the pediatric call and I'm not doing anything to help him strengthen that weakness, I'm just as culpable if something happens when he's treating a three-month-old that's in cardiac arrest. But you need to be able now to start to think about how do you become the best clinician possible? How do you have the best assessment skills? Which assessment skills is the most important skill that a paramedic can have. It's not your intubation skills. It's not your IV skills. It's not being able to take someone out of a car. It's your ability to assess and your ability to communicate with that patient so you can understand what management and treatment that you need to be able to have for them, right? So think about your skills and I want you to outline your, your clinical skills. On one side, you've got strengths. On the other side, you've got weaknesses. And then I want you to put one to 10 next to each skill, intubation skill, IV skills, assessment skills, cardiology, all those things, one to 10. 10 is gonna be the master. And a one is gonna be that you're a beginner. And then rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. If you're a five, what do you need to do to get to a six? If you're a, if you're a four, what do you need to do to get to a five? And what does skill mastery look like? Okay, because one of the things that we're going to talk about here in a minute is you need to be able to grow your influence with the workforce and you're going to need to be able to be a go-to person. That's going to be one of the numbers that we're going to talk about here in a minute, right? So you need to be able to find your strengths. You need to be able to understand your weaknesses and then you need to be able to help yourself to get to the next level. And this is where reading comes in. This is where listening to the podcast comes in. This is where talking to peers come in. You know, one of the bad things about EMS is that EMS is a very egotistical business. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's the egotism that keeps us from asking the question why, because we don't want to look like we don't know what we're talking about in front of our peers. If you know everything there is to know about EMS, raise your hand. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my paramedic skills. I'm pretty comfortable with my knowledge. I'm pretty comfortable with my ability, but I don't know everything there is to know about EMS, right? I, I think that I'm a good clinician, but I want to be a great clinician. What do I need to do to do that? So think about your training uh, or think about how do you get yourself to the next level of being the best that you can be. Because if, if it's true that EMS is a very egotistical business, which we know, and people won't ask the question why, because they don't want to look like they don't what they're, they don't want to look like they don't know what they're talking about in front of their peer. You've got to be able to have a way to help people uh, understand things that they may not know, right? I would ask people all the time, hey, what does that mean, S4? Well, what does an S4 mean? Well, I would get some weird looks. I would get some uh, uh, people that would talk about me, but you know what? I didn't care. I wanted to know what it meant. Along with this now, when you talk about growing your skills to the next level, think about your communication skills, your oral and written communication skills as well. You know, in EMS, typically, we have some challenges sometimes with writing skills. We have some challenges with our oral skills, and we need to be able to boost these skills up as well. Okay, because this is going to be really, really important. We've got to be able to be good orators. We've got to be able to communicate uh, verbally. We've got to be able to inspire. We've got to be able to motivate. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, maybe you want to become an FTO. Maybe you want to become a teacher and start teaching PHTLS and AMLS and EPC and ACLS. Well, nobody wants to listen to somebody who's ho-hum and humdrum. You've got to be able to have the ability to inspire and motivate with your words. Same thing with your written, written words. And the last one before we go on to number three is keep tabs 
on other parts of the business. Your responsibility is to be an EMT. Your responsibility is to be a paramedic. But understand the responsibilities of what's happening inside the organization. You know, one of the things I would do, I work for MedStar in Fort Worth, Texas for a lot of years, system status management, right? We got in the ambulance at six o'clock in the morning. We didn't come back to the base till six o'clock at night. And we posted throughout the, you know, 400 square miles, whatever it was that we had to cover. And one of the things that I learned to do was understand the posting plan and understand the system status plan and know that at what time of the day the system needed to shift, what time of the day the system needed to move. I would be at a post and I would hear a, a truck get a call and I would say to my partner, let's go to post 42. Well, why? Because they're covering that and we have to move into that position because that's going to be the more, that's going to be the highest priority post. Sure enough, we would get a call, uh, medic, uh, MedStar so-and-so, post 42. So understanding the other sides of the business. All right. That's it for number two. Let's talk about number three. This is something that you need to be able to control, right? Because it really does come down to you. It's having the best attitude possible. I got to tell you, man, we got a job that sometimes uh, doesn't allow us to have the best job. We're getting late calls. Our ambulance wasn't restocked. People left trash in our ambulance. Um, you know, the, the hospitals are keeping us, they're, they're keeping us waiting to, you know, get the patient off this stretcher. You know, this, this person is kicking us or they're spitting at us or they're cursing at us. And sometimes it's hard to have a good attitude, but this is something that you control. Don't allow somebody else to affect the day that you're having. You control your happiness. You control your attitude. If, if I can bully you and if I can get you angry with my words, now I'm controlling you. Right. And I got to tell you, this is, this is a lot harder than it sounds. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but you have to be able to allow yourself to be successful with a positive attitude. Don't allow somebody else to affect your professionalism. Don't allow somebody else to affect your commitment, to affect your dedication, to take away from who you want to be as a professional. But it all starts with your attitude. It makes no difference what happens today. I am not going to let anybody upset me today right? Because uh, nobody can make you feel anything that you choose not to feel. You know, my, my daughter says all the time, dad, mom's making me mad. Well, who are you telling, right? I know she made me mad. That's why you live in Texas and I live in St. Louis. But you know what? I ask her, why is she making you mad? She's not making you mad. What she's doing is making you mad. And you need to be able to control that. Another thing that goes into having a good attitude is staying positive. You know, this all comes down to staying positive. You've got to be able to be the person that you need to be. So everybody wants to be around you. You know, the, the old quote by Maya, Maya Angelou that says, people may not remember who you are. They may not remember what you do. They may not remember what you stand for, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. And this comes from always being positive. You know, with this, when it comes to your attitude, you need to be able to be the go-to person that people want to talk to. Treat everyone with respect. There are people in our organizations that we just don't like, right? But you know what? They're a person. They got different beliefs than you, right? They got different religious beliefs. They got different political beliefs. I don't need to convince you that I'm right, but I could treat you with respect. You got a heart like anybody else. And, uh, you know, always treat people with respect. You know, people are going to want to talk to you. 
right? Listen to them and listen to them with, with the feeling to say, I want to really understand what you're saying. Because this may be a person who's eventually coming to you and say, hey, Chris, you know, explain to me this winky bock thing. Or Chris, what did it mean when I had flash pulmonary edema? Well, now I want to be able to help and share that. If I'm treating people like, you know, like crap and disrespecting them, are they going to really want to come to me and say, Chris, can you teach me how to listen to, to heart tones? Yeah, I sure can do that. And I had a really great thing. I would put, I have them put their finger in their ear and I would tap on their fingers, you know, from what they would hear when they listen to the heart. But I digress. You know, when you start listening to people and giving them feedback, listen for feedback, you're able to help them maybe solve some of their problems. Uh, maybe you can help them grow their clinical skills. Maybe you can help them grow their abilities. You know, these are people who are in our organizations that everybody likes, that everybody wants to talk to, that everybody wants to ask questions to. Maybe, maybe it's you. Maybe you can picture the face of that person that I'm talking about, but why can't it be you? So we need to be able to be the person that we listen to other folks, that we respect other folks, we listen to them, and then we're able to help them solve problems if they're asking. Again, EMS is a very egotistical business, right? So we just don't want to give our opinions without being asked. And how do you get asked? By, your, by being a go-to person, by being somebody who's going to allow them to say, Chris, can I ask you a question? Can I bounce something off you? And the answer is always yes. And then number five, I'm going to call these the characteristics. So some of the characteristics that you need to be recognized as a professional, to be recognized as a good employee, to be recognized as someone to keep their eye on, you know, what you want people in the, in the C-suite upstairs in your offices to say, you know, I like that Chris Sabalero guy. Well, sometimes they would say that. And sometimes they would say, you know, that Chris Sabalero is a real uh, cocky, arrogant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm confident of that, that that was going on. Right. But it wasn't until I changed my focus that I was able to move in the organization to different positions. But what are the characteristics? Characteristics that we need to have to be good employees. And this really comes down to soft skills. This really comes down to technical skills. This really comes down to the hard skills. And they're putting these skills into different areas of soft and technical and hard and medium. And I got to tell you, when you think about the skills that you need to have, these are skills that are going to help you to grow. And they may be social expertise. They may be personality, your character makeup, your communication skills, your emotional intelligence, your influence, you know, how you approach work. One of the things that you need to be able to think about is good, um, is good characteristics. Number one I want to give you is professionalism. You've got to be able to be the person who becomes the role model. You wear your uniform with pride. You know, we, we get dirty in our job. We get blood on us. We get saliva on us. We get vomit on us. We get, you know, we're kneeling down in things we shouldn't be kneeling down in. But we need to be able to be as professional looking as we can be and set the standards for others to follow. But there's other things that go into professionalism. This is being polite. This is being well-spoken. This is being calm. We need to be able to have these attributes. And again, we are in a job and you may be saying, Chris, this is, this is very far-fetched. This is, how the heck am I going to do this? And you need to be able to put yourself in a position that no one else dictates your professionalism. Who are you as a, as a professional? Who do you want to be as a professional? Who is the only person that can affect 
affect who you are as a professional? Well, the answer is you. No one else should be able to do that for me. Now, I got to tell you, there are people who said you're a horrible paramedic to me. There are people who said you're, you're a horrible speaker. You're a horrible teacher. Well, you know what? Your opinion, I appreciate. Thank you. What advice do you have for me to become a better person? Maybe I take it. Maybe I don't. You know what? Maybe I don't even want to hear it because it doesn't make a difference. Have good problem-solving abilities. You need to be able to have good critical thinking skills, and you need to be able to have good problem-solving abilities. When you're in the field, we are, we are up against things that we have to think about all the time. And then once we do our critical thinking, we've got to be able to have good problem-solving abilities. And we need to be able to utilize those skills. And if we can, we need to be able to teach those skills to our peers. But one of the things that this is going to help you do is that when you put yourself into a leadership position, supervisor, manager, director, it's all about critical thinking and it's all about problem solving. And this is your practice to do it. So go ahead and develop those characteristics. I, the next one is I want you to be ambitious. What is your vision for success? And share it with people. You know what? Maybe you want to make EMS a career. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to be a firefighter. Maybe you want to be a nurse. Maybe you want to be a, you know, maybe you want to be a uh, doctor. Great. All great skills, all great professions, right? I'm not going to make you stay in EMS. I want to help you, though, get to where you want to be. But what I will tell you is don't waste your time where you are. Develop your professionalism and be part of the agency so you're able to go to an interview with a fire chief and say, I was involved with research at my, my agency. I was a teacher. I was an instructor at my agency. I was able to, you know, do quality improvement and quality assurance, right? So don't waste your time when you're there. Next is be dependable, reliable, and responsible. Be on time. Another thing is we, everything's about time in our business, right? And we know the people who are constantly late and we know the people who don't show up on time and we know the people and, and we resent those people, right? People need to know that they can depend on you. And this is showing up on time. This is making sure your ambulance is ready to go. Your equipment's in line. You're reliable and you're responsible. And you hold yourself accountable to your own expectations of being the professional that you want to be. And, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, these are just a couple of the things that we want to do. I wanted to give you these five tips, these five tips of how to make yourself the greatest employee. So the first area that we talked about was act like a leader. And we kind of covered what went under that. Number two, we need to be able to think about the skills we need to have for the next position. Number three. It's all about having a good attitude. We need to be able to be positive. We need to be able to create the person that we would want to follow. Number four, you need to become a go-to person. You are the go-to person that people are going to come to. You treat people with respect. You know, you solve problems. You listen to feedback. You have good clinical skill that you want to share. And then number five is you want to be able to have the good characteristics, the skills and characteristics of a good employee. Some of the ones we talked about there were professionalism, problem-solving abilities, being ambitious, 
and of course being dependable, reliable, and responsible. And there's just so much more that goes into that. I mean, I just kind of threw those five things together for you, but kind of think about them and use yourself, you know, use some reflecting time. How does this fit into who you are as a person? How do you want these, these characteristics? How do you want these five things to help develop you to the next level? Makes no difference if EMS is going to be your career or not. You are going to be somewhere 10 years from now, and you need to develop your professionalism now. You develop your professional reputation every single day. We write our autobiography every single day, and we need to be able to make sure that we're preparing ourselves for the next step in our career. It's all about opportunity. You know, there's an old saying that goes, opportunity only knocks once. But when opportunity knocks on your door, are you going to be prepared to answer it? Are you going to be the best version of yourself to accept that opportunity? And that's what I was hoping to give you a little bit of today. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for me. I want to thank you for listening to me babble. And, uh, you know, hopefully you got a little bit of uh, inspiration out of it. And if it inspired you, let us know. Go ahead and send us an email at the show at ems1.com. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And go ahead and rate us on iTunes. And for Kelly Grayson, I'm Chris Subalero. And we look forward to visiting with everyone again next week.